Well, good morning and welcome to Washera Community Church. My name is Carrie Kingston and I would like to give an extra welcome to anyone who is just here for the first time or if you've only visited a few times, we're so glad that you're here and you're joining our family. Washera Community Church, our mission is to be a gathered group of Christians who exist to create to give creative and meaningful worship to God and to discover and develop disciples of Jesus Christ. We strive to love God and love others fervently. We have a few announcements today. Um, today is the last day for Sunday school for this summer. It's really hard to believe that summer is around the corner, but with the beautiful weather we've been having, I sure am thankful. Um, the children's church, though, will continue throughout the summer. So if you have kiddos um, during the church time, they will still be um, attending that. Um, the week of prayer is starting this week. Um, make sure that you check out times in the bulletin. And if you weren't um, involved in the week of prayer that we did earlier this year, I really encourage you um, to be a part of it. It is a wonderful experience. Um, community day volunteers are needed. And so if you'd like to sign up, that is available at the Welcome Center. Um, and they are starting on June 11th. And on June 11th, there will also be a concert by Derek Charles Johnson after lunch. Um, be on the lookout for other community days this summer. And please make sure you sign up for lunch if you're going to be part of that at the Welcome Center so that we have a count for food. Um, I also have a wonderful scripture reading that I would encourage you to join along with me as I read. It comes from Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much um, that, that you are so good. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us, Lord. Thank you that you've called us by name and that we are yours. Thank you that you know us 
that you know our needs, that you know what's deep in our heart, you know what we struggle with. Lord, and I just pray that you would be with each one of us. Speak to us with the words that, that we need to hear. Open our ears, open our heart today as we receive the words that Pastor Adam has for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have in this place to gather together as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to have you here this morning. This is kind of a special Sunday. Um, we call it Graduate Sunday. And so I'm going to ask Jeremy to, uh, Stevens to come up. And he is going to introduce some of our graduates and have a little talking with them. And the most important thing is for us to keep these faces that you'll see in prayer as they go through this transition uh, in their lives. So here you go, Jeremy. Thank you. I got to make some room up here because we have a lot of seniors. Um, so can I have my seniors come on forward? Don't be shy. Yeah. So what I'd like to do this morning is give each of you guys a chance to tell everybody, you start with your name, in case they don't know who you are, um, and then what your plans are after you graduate so they know how to pray for you and, and stuff going forward. And then if there's anything you want to say thank you for, you can do that too. You want to start or should I make Sam start? Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Michael, for those who don't know me. Uh, I'm going to be working at Sky Lodge in Montello for all the summer. Uh, I'm going to be leaving actually a week from now, I'm living there up until August 18th, uh, being a camp counselor and probably mowing some lawns. So that's what I'll be doing. Uh, I guess for prayer, just um, help me realize and help me know why I'm there, not just to uh, have a good time, but to hopefully have some influences on kids in a good way. My name is Sarah Barood, and um, I'm hoping that I find another job this summer, and I, and I will also be working at Sky Lodge and uh, um, Camp Phillip this summer, too. I'm Josh Barood, and I plan on finding a CDL job with my Class A CDL. And, yeah. Um, hi, I'm Kennedy Vistain. For the next year, I plan on working full-time at Moosin. Highly recommend. Whether to eat or for a job. Got you. Um, and then after that, college stuff. And while I'm working, I plan on saving and doing big adult things. I'm Sam Kingston. Um, I will be attending UW-Madison in the fall. Go Badgers. And um, I just want to thank you guys all for your support. Uh, our youth group would not be the same without all you guys, so thank you so much. 
Um, so we got each of you guys a nice ESV study Bible that you can take with you wherever you're going. Um, now I would like to ask our youth leaders to come on forward, and uh, we're going to pray over you guys as you head out into the big, brave new world, huh? Um, and leaders, if you want to pray, you can. We're, we're going to lay hands on you guys, um, and if not, just pass the mic, and whoever's on the end can close us at the end. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, first, just for the opportunity to work with these kids and to see them learn and grow, um, and I pray as they go their different ways uh, from here that uh, they would look to you and, and to your word and find other believers or wherever they're going that can strengthen them and encourage them and as they continue their walk with you, God. Lord, I pray a blessing on these um, students as they go out into the world, out into school, into the job force. I pray that your hand would be on them, that they would be looking to you for wisdom, um, and that they would stay close to you and keep reading, reading their Bibles. Lord, we thank you for this group of kids. We thank you uh, for their hearts, uh, for their love for you. We pray that you would deepen that, widen that as they go forth. Uh, would they stay uh, connected to you each and every day uh, as we walk through these next couple months uh, of the ways of uh discipleship, uh, would they dig in and would they see your work? So as you uh, reveal your call on their lives for them, that they would go boldly out into the world to do uh, your work and your will as you've called them to do. Dear Lord, I uh, lift up these seniors as they uh, head out into the world and just pray that you would give them wisdom, um, give them courage, and just stay with them and, and Fill them with your Holy Spirit and draw them closer to you, Lord. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Jeremy, can you have your lovely wife come up here? Sure. Come on down. Jeremy... Uh, made a, a a tough decision uh, about a couple months ago, and um, he said, "I need to, Pastor. I need to spend more time with my family, and so it's time for me to step down and to be with Amber and with the kids. They, if you do not know, they have four little ones, like that <laughs> kind of thing. And so, after much prayer, um, we're." Uh, we're so thankful for the youth team, and I know Jeremy would say the same thing, each, each one of the leaders, and he has prepared them well. But be in prayer with us as the team gets together and says, okay, how do we go forward uh, with this? If, if there's another leader within or if God provides another leader uh, kind of thing, the youth are still going on uh, for June and July, and they usually take August off, um, and all those things are all planned out. So we're just so thankful for you serving these last couple of years. Um, you're the right, you were the right person uh, to be here, really. And so this is just a little gift from the, 
from the church. And let's see if I can get this without. Here you go, Amber. Yeah, I don't know how we can make you more beautiful, but we, we, we tried. We tried. But can I pray? So, Heavenly Father, thank you for for Jeremy and Amber. And just, um, Lord, sometimes we make these hard decisions in life, but we do them after much prayer. And we do it in, in light of, you know, our first ministries, our ministries to our families. And so I pray that you'll be with Jeremy and Amber as they raise up their children in the ways of the Lord. Thank you for their involvement in the church and just their support of what is happening here. And um, so, Lord, may this, may this be very fruitful time. Lord, very fruitful time. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Can I have our ushers come forward at this time? And we'll give a prayer for our missionaries. Um, is that Vinay? Is that Dennis and Vinay today? Yes, it is. And they're actually here. Dennis? Yeah, stand up, Dennis, because I'm going to pray for you. And, and Vinay, is Vinay here too? Yeah, you can have the whole family stand up if you want to. So, and I pray you're standing, okay, with me, okay. We're so thankful at times we have our missionaries with us, and we always want to recognize them and hear from them too. So let's bow our heads in prayer. So Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, a special morning. Um, thank you, Lord, that we have this blessing of ministries in the church like our youth ministry. Um, that reaches out to the youth. And um, thank you for the team that you assembled together um, that have such a heart for the youth of our church and the youth of this community. So, Lord Jesus, um, continue to be with that ministry. We pray for our missionaries this morning. We're so thankful that Dennis and Vinay are with us this morning and just the opportunity to see their faces, Lord. Thank you for the work that they do in Africa. Thank you for the lives that they're touching there also. And Lord, this morning we take this time every Sunday to take up our tithes and offerings. We, we pass the plates and we say, Lord, you're the provider of it all. And Lord, may we, as the scriptures say, give in a way that is cheerful, um, not grudgingly, but Lord, that, that we realize that there's a great mission field out there in our own community and across the world that we want to support. We want to see the gospel go forward. So we pray these funds will be used in such a way. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. I am going to, before I preach this morning, I'm going to ask uh, Amy Krause and Venea if you'll come up here. I just want to interview them a little bit. On Sunday, June 4th, um, there's going to be a missions luncheon after the service, and make sure to sign up for that. And they're going to tell you more about, oh, Amy's here too. Amy, Amy. Yes. I guess I got to stand now. I was going to like be at the thorn and be between the roses, but um, 
but they're going to be able to tell you more about the trip on that day. But I want to ask them just a few questions. So I'm going to ask Amy Krause first. Amy, you've been to Africa before. So what was different this time? So it was amazing. Um, I just want to thank you all for your support and your prayers. For one, um, I went six weeks this time. And uh, one thing that was incredibly different is the, the university that CRCA um, was building six years ago. Um, and they were just laying the footing, um, pouring cement by hand and taken by wheelbarrows to this huge, huge, amazing building that is now erected and being used. And it's absolutely positively beautiful. Uh, you got to come and see it. <laughs> now, Amy, yeah, this is your first time. And it was kind of really sudden that you decided to go. So one thing that um, that was unexpected maybe for you, like it just surprised you on this trip. Can you think of one thing? Trying not to get emotional. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the most unexpected aspect for me was how I got so much more out of it, I think, than what I gave. It was incredibly transformational. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's something I wanted to do for 30 years. So, um, yeah, that was probably the most. I didn't realize how it would impact me, not just there, but once I got home and was able to process everything, it really, you know, touched me. So, yeah. Yeah. And that really is true, isn't it? You get way more out of it than what you put into it. Yeah, it's that's when you're truly serving the Lord, you realize that, that that happens. Now, I saw all kinds of Facebook pictures of you. So you do a lot of teaching. Can you just share just a snippet of that, of the, the types of teaching that you do when you're there? Yeah, this time our emphasis was early childhood education. Um, I'm not an early childhood education teacher, but there's a great need. And we were teaching using a homeschooling curriculum that I used well with my children and others. It's my father's world. It's a beautiful, um, integrated curriculum that you know, there's phonics in it, there's the Bible, there's just really cool ways of teaching kids and fun and interesting ways, but it's a really great curriculum. And so I guess I can say my qualifications were, I have a degree by God's grace. I don't even know before why I even ended up getting that, except for God was going to use it later. And then I taught that curriculum and then God qualifies the totally... <laughs> The people who, who never thought that that's what they could or would do. So that's what I found myself doing, training um, 20 to 25 early childhood education teachers in Liberian English. You know, if you knew me before, you would know the power of God to do that kind of thing through me. I never... I'm the kid who couldn't stand speech class, who the, the teacher would say, you're going faster than a runaway horse, because I just wanted to sit down. <laughs> I wasn't the person to stand up in front of anybody and teach, much less teach in Liberian English stuff that I don't, it's not even my expertise. I mean, I don't even know what I have as an expertise, but God uses people. That's what I know. 
And I'm really, really grateful to have been used by God. This time, that was what I our emphasis was. But I think one of the things, I just try to be open. Lord, help me to be used by you to meet whatever need or whatever area has a gap where I can. So that's where I saw myself this time. And it was really a blessing. What she said is the absolute truth. God uses it every time in a mighty way in my life just to remind me it's all about him. And I was blessed to be part of it. Mm. How did you find her, Dennis? Yeah, yeah. So, Amy, last word to you. Why should they come on June 4th after the service to be at the luncheon? So at the luncheon, we're going to get, obviously, more in-depth with photos and um, explain exactly what's going on in CRCA, um, the ministry there in Africa, which is amazing. Um, Dennis and church planting, (laughs) sustainability projects, and so uh, it's so exciting, and I think you should come and uh, learn more as um, we dive in and um, learn more in detail about what's going on there. What what have I forgot? Um, Sustainability, uh, yeah. Sign up. So sign up. There is a sign up. Yes, there's a sign up. There's a sign up because uh, <laughs> we're going to feed you, too. So that's exciting. Um, so come and uh, come and join us as we um, uh, explore, um, you know, the culture of Africa, too, and what God is doing there. He's doing a mighty, mighty work. It's and it's amazing. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Yes, there's a sign-up for it. I can tell you that you're going to have French toast with homemade bread, scrambled eggs with ham, and and sausage links. Yes. So it's more, I guess it's more like a brunch kind of thing. Okay. I feel a little out of it this morning. It's like like I'm my Bible is down here. <laughs> But thank you, thank you all for the many prayers that you gave uh, for the traveling and getting Stephanie and our dog Buddy back down to Florida and the ministry that she does there for our parents and others. Um, thank you for the prayers for that. We have been looking at prayer, passionate prayer. Each month, we're going through a different Jesus discipleship practice of how he made disciples, and we started with prayer because um, it's it's foundational to all the rest of them, all the rest of them. And so I don't have any slides this morning. If you have a, if you got a bulletin, there's an outline there if you want to follow along there. But we're in Matthew chapter six, uh, verses five through fifteen, is where we'll be. And I've I've made mention of this over and over again. Um, there's different ways that we want to give you to engage in prayer. And one of them happens right after the service this Sunday, or this morning service. At 11 o'clock, we have our Come for More, and we have these five different going deeper classes. There's one in this corner, there's one in that corner, there's one in the parent room, and there's two downstairs. And even if you've never went to one before, During that time, from 11 to 11.45, the leaders of each of those groups will lead in a time of prayer. 
a, a corporate prayer, a smaller group setting of prayer. And that's a good thing to be a part of, and that rolls right into what Carrie sp spoke about, about prayer week, that this whole next week, Monday through Friday, from 6.30 to 8.30 a.m., the sanctuary will be open. It's a come-and-go kind of situation, and it's a place where you can come in and you can spend some time in the, with the Lord in prayer. You might see somebody that you know. You might come up alongside of them and say, what can we pray about today? And there are prayer cards that are in the back of your seats, and there's some more out in the foyer. And if you have a prayer request that you would like to be prayed over for this whole next week, make sure to fill that out and put it in the basket at the welcome desk. What happens is we put all these prayer cards all over the platform here, and if you come in, it's up to you, but you can come in and grab three or four of these prayer cards, set back down, and then spend some time in prayer for the concerns that are on these cards. So that's happening from 6.30 to 8.30 every morning here in the sanctuary. We're expanding it that will also be here noon to one each day, Monday through Friday. And then we're expanding it further that there'll be a special time Tuesday night from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And then on Thursday night, same time, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., but we'll be down the lower level in the rock room, in the rock room. And all that is in the bulletin. All those dates are in there. There's a couple other ways to join in, and that one was be part of the prayer team. And when you sign up for that, what you're saying is, I'm going to commit to one Sunday a month, one Sunday a month where I'm going to come in early at 9 o'clock, and I'm going to join with others in the library for prayer, for the prayer for the services, for the people coming through the doors of the church. So that's another way that you can engage. Another one was a prayer triad where you have a couple buddies or you have a couple gal friends and you say, hey, let's get together for the next month, once a week, and let's get together specifically just to pray, just to pray. And then um, in these discipleship practices, we always want to have a follow-up. And so on Sunday, next Sunday at five o'clock in the evening, we call it Pavilion Praise, weather, weather permitting, we'll be out at the pavilion and we'll have some songs, we'll do some scripture, but it'll be a time for us to share with one another how God has touched our lives this month. And maybe, maybe there's an answer to prayer that you get to share with the rest of the group. Maybe there's, maybe there's something, some way this has really impacted you as you've, if you really concentrated on saying, I, I, want, I need to pray more. I need to pray more. I need to be a praying person. So there, that's all the promo of that. But I want us to look at this passage of Scripture, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. When Jesus, uh, when the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray, um, Jesus was the rabbi. They were the disciples. It, was, it would not be uncommon for the disciples of any rabbi to say, teach me about this. Teach me about this. And the whole idea would be is that the different rabbis prayed in different ways. So Jesus, teach us how to pray like you. Teach us how to pray like you. And when you get to the prayer, you actually see it because every time that Jesus prays, almost every time he prays, he addresses God as his what? Father, as his father. And so he starts off the prayer that way, our father. So they would actually be praying 
like Jesus prayed. And of course, they had seen him pray. They had heard him pray. They had heard him teach on prayer. And they had even seen him go away at times all alone for times of prayer. But in our passage of scripture, he starts off in verse 5 prior to the prayer. And he gives us first the wrong way and then the right way. So in verses 5 and 7, he gives us the wrong way to pray. It says, and when you pray, and if I stop right there, he's assuming you're going to pray. He's assuming because you're a follower of him, what are you going to be doing? You're going to pray. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. The word for hypocrites means uh, it's like an actor, like you're just playing a part. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say they have their reward in full. So here's one of the wrong ways of praying that you may be seen by men. If you are praying in such a way that you are concerned what other people think or that other people see you doing this, that's the wrong way. And then if you jump to verse 7, he gives us the second one. And when you're praying, there again, assuming you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So another wrong way is that we would be heard and our reliance on the answer to the prayer is because of my words. It's a reliance on their words. And they made many, many words, but it was their words. And that's where their trust was in, was in their words. So that's the wrong way. Then he says, okay, let's look at the right way, the right way. And this is in verse six and eight. Verse six, but you, when you pray, he's assuming again, you're going to be praying. When you pray, go into your inner room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's the right way to pray, is to pray to your Father. So if you put these together, you don't pray for other people to see what you're doing, for them to somehow um, uh, pat you on the back for what you're doing because they saw what you were doing. No, we are to pray to one person, and that's our Father. We're not to pray in such a way that other people see what we're doing. No, your audience is one person, and it's your Heavenly Father. And then if we go to verse 8, Therefore, uh, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So if we tie that to what the wrong way The wrong way is to be heard for your own words, but the right way is for your father knows. You're praying to the one who knows what your request is before you ever say it. So it doesn't really matter how you say it or how many words in which you say it. You're acknowledging that, wait a minute, I'm praying to my father who knows it even better than I know it. He's the answer, not me. He's the answer, not me. So with those, the wrong way and the right way, now we actually get to the prayer. He says then, pray then 
in this way. And he says, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll stop right there. Um, As we saw in Hannah's prayer last week, he starts off being very God-focused. Hannah started off her prayer being very God-focused. And here is the start of this prayer is that same way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as I stated last week, if we would, if we would start our prayers being more God-focused, probably it might even change the prayer that's on your mind. It might even change the words that you use. It might even change the requests that you have when you're God-focused. I was sharing part of this with the men's breakfast yesterday, and I said, you know, sometimes I don't do it right. Sometimes when I pray, um, what's, it, what's first thing is just what's on my mind, the need that's there, and so I start off with that, you know, this, this desperate need that's on my mind, and sometimes I have to be stopped And the Holy Spirit stops me to say, wait a minute, who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? And so I stop and I say, oh God, my heavenly father, um, I I know that you know more about this than I know about this. And it starts to change my prayer when I get God focused again. Now I put down there, our father signifies a relationship. If, he, if you're calling him father, you are what? His child. So there's a relationship that's being mentioned there. But another thing that's mentioned is our father. Our is a personal pronoun, but it's singular or plural. It's plural. It's plural. So we're praying to someone. We're praying to our father, who's also the father of others. So we join with others who also call this one father. So it's not only that we have a relationship with God, but we have a relationship with all of his children, all of his children that are there. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, hallowed means honor. It, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to put in, I mean, it's a string of words here. It's honor, it's esteem, it's reverence, it's treasure, it's value, it's love. It's all those things wrapped up. And it's not just in his name. Name means everything about him. His whole being of him. You know, we sometimes do that in our world. We'll we'll say, um, Scott Kingston, um, he has a good name. And what we mean by that is, is, is that he, there's, a, there's a moral, moral integrity. There's just, he's got a good name. He's got a good reputation. It's all about him, uh, every essence of him, not just his name. And so when we go to God the Father, that's what we do. We say, we want to honor, esteem, reverence, treasure all of who you are, God all of who you are. And then he says, your kingdom come. Well, his kingdom has come, but is it's not in its fullest sense. So on your sheet there, the already, but not yet. And then your will be done. Well, his will has been done. He died on a cross. He, he said, it is finished, buried in the grave, rose on the third day, sent in heaven, but it's not co- totally completed 
or realized at this point. So we have this opportunity to pray for what is to come. We have prayers that we give specifically for the provision and plan of God. And we saw that in Hannah's prayer. Hannah prayed for the provision and plan of God. And I put down there, what is, what is it like in heaven? Because we pray in the prayer on earth as it is in heaven. So what's it like in heaven? Well, just to flip over to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11 through 14. And you'll see here that this is a big part of the prayer. This is a huge prayer that you're praying. Revelation chapter 5, starting in verse 11. John says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That sounds like hallowed be thy name, doesn't it? And every creature that which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be the blessings and the honor and the glory and the might forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Wow, we're praying for that kind of setting to be realized, to be realized. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then he gets to the part of the prayer where he gives us these four statements. He gives us, give us, forgive us, lead us, and deliver us. He gives four statements there. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. I want you to note there, it says this day and our daily bread. He's, he's saying, I want you to be reliant upon me. This day, not tomorrow. Not for retirement. No, this day. I'm asking for your provision for this day and for my daily bread, what I need today. What I need today. Are you that reliant on the Lord? Or are you pretty self-reliant? But part of the prayer is to be reliant on him. That what you need, you're asking of him to supply. You're asking him to supply. Then he says, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. We, he says, we are to forgive us. Um, if, he, if we are forgiving us our debts, what have we done? We have sinned. <laughs> yeah, we have sinned. Now, this is not talking about the, if you're saved. If you're saved, your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. But we continue to sin. And God tells us what to do with that sin. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Also have forgiven. That's assuming what are you also doing to others. You're forgiving their sins. Their sins. So, what we need in the verse 11, what, we, what about sin in verse, in verse 12? And against, again, it's a reliance on God. 
that we would be a forgiving people. And then verse 13, he says, and lead us and do not lead us into temptation. Um, just a note here that if you go back just a couple of pages, um, Matthew 4, 1, and Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Lead us not into temptation. That's a valid request. That there are, you will be tempted. There will be trials. There will be tests that you are going to face. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Take courage and countenance that what did Jesus do in that situation? When he was tempted by Satan, what did he use? He used God's word. He used the scriptures that are there. But we need to come before him, and it's, it's viable to say, Lord, lead us not into temptation. No, we're going to be tested, and may we pass the test. May we pass the test by keeping our eyes focused on him, by, by looking at his word and saying, no, in this situation, this is what I should do. But there's also a wonderful thing, lead us not into temptation, when verse the second half and says, and deliver us from the evil one. That 1 Corinthians chapter 10, this one we should probably all have memorized. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Very familiar one. Stick pages. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. So everyone gets tempted. It's common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you are able to endure it. So when we are being tempted, our God is faithful. What should we be looking for? That way of escape. What is that way of escape? And lots of, if you've been tempted before, and maybe sometime, maybe sometime you have fallen to the temptation, you look back on it and you go, oh, there he was. Oh, I should have done this. Or maybe even the Holy Spirit was tapping you kind of on the shoulder saying, call so-and-so, and you didn't. See, all those, your faithful God is stepping in and saying, there is a way of escape out of this temptation that's here. So that's what, that's what about evil. And then he finishes it this way. Um. And, and sometimes in your Bibles, it'll have bracketed for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. But then he ver does verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, and that's written in such a way, if you forgive others, it's almost like an option, right? It's an option. You can forgive or not forgive. If you forgive others their transgression, your heavenly father, there's that relationship again, will also forgive you. Your Heavenly Father, that relationship, that's the proper way to go. That's the proper response in what we should do, is that we should forgive others. That's the positive side. Then in verse 15, he gives the negative side. But if you do not forgive others, 
See, again, it's almost like the option. You can forgive or not forgive. Then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Mm. The first thing that struck me about this passage of Scripture and this whole thing about prayer is that he spends a whole bunch on this whole thing about temptation and forgiving one another. Is that, did he do that because that's what we need to focus in on so many times? That we need to focus in on the temptations and the trials that we go through and that we continually go back to him uh, for reliance on who he is? And is it because we live in a world of sin and we sin and, and we, even within the body of Christ, we sin against one another? And that we need to be that instruction over and over again, that when that happens, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to forgive the other. Um, I put down on your sheet here, if you need to be forgiven by God, then you must have done what? You must have sinned. And then 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, he shows you these two side by side. In verse 8, he says, if we say we have no sin, so we're basically saying we're basically good, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Then verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need that continual, we need that cleansing. Think of when the Jesus was washing the di- disciples feet and peter says oh no 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 don't touch my feet you know don't wash me and jesus jesus says if i don't wash your feet you have no part of me and and then peter corrects himself he overcorrects himself and he says well then all my body everything and then jesus says no you just need your feet Yeah, I I take that picture sometimes and think of that. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, if you came to faith in Jesus Christ, he washed all of you. He washed all of you. But then as you live out your Christian life, there are times you need your feet washed. You need your feet washed. There are things that you need to come back to him and and be cleansed again. And then verse 10, he says, "If, if we say we have not sinned, being in denial, basically, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. His truth is not in us and his word is not in us. So when I don't forgive, what do I forfeit from God? Yeah, his mercy, his cleansing, um, his word. And when I don't forgive, who am I not like? I'm not like him. When I don't forgive, I, I'm lining up more with the father of lies than, one, than the one who is faithful. The one who is faithful. Probably if you went to a vacation Bible school when you were a kid, you, you had to memorize this verse, Ephesians 4.32. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, graciously forgiving each other. Okay, you probably remember that verse, right? 
graciously forgiving each other, then the tag on the end of it, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiven you. It's kind of like, you know, we love because he first loved us. Well, he forgave us, so what are we to do? We are to forgive others. We are to forgive others. I share that prayer with you because there's, there's a couple things that are common in the prayers that we've looked at. The first one is that uh, we looked in 1 Timothy about the men praying for all men, and tucked into that prayer was the gospel. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the, uh, Christ Jesus, and there was this gospel in there, and that was very God-focused also. Then when we went to Hannah's prayer, Hannah was very God-focused, but at the very end of her prayer, she talks about a coming king, God's king, who would be exalted and raised up, um, uh, and, and he's called the very first time the Messiah. Again, there's a little bit of the gospel. And here in the Lord's Prayer, we see it very God-focused again, very God-focused, but the whole idea, again, the gospel comes into play. The whole idea is it's our Father. We have a relationship with the one that we are praying to. And the reason we can even have that relationship is because of the one who is teaching us the prayer, who would give his life as a ransom for our sin. I would encourage you, as you think about the Lord's Prayer, Lord, teach us to pray, that when we do pray this, and of course, we throw in the things that are, we personalize it. Give us this day our daily bread. What might that be for you this day? I mean, you personalize it that's there. Um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You personalize that. What is the debt that you need to be forgiven of, that you need to be cleansed of, your feet need to be washed? Lead us not into temptation. What is that temptation? What is that trial? What is that thing that you are walking through right now? And deliver us from the evil one because you realize that Satan is pulling at you like crazy to go his way. You personalize it to what it is you're, you're walking through. But I would pray that as we see this prayer, that we realize that he spent a lot of time, he spent a lot of time on talking about forgiveness. And if, there is, if there's anyone that you need to go and ask for forgiveness of, or if there's anyone that you need to give forgiveness to, to be like Christ, to do it, to do it. So we want to end the service this way and next Sunday also, is we have a, an important um, affirmation coming up on June 4th. We have a couple uh, men who are stepping forward as elder nominees, and we want to hear their testimony, um, one this Sunday and one next Sunday. And so our first one is Forrest uh, Sanfilippo, and we just want him to be able to share um, from his heart. Um, we are thankful for his service here at the church. And as I said before, um, he's, he and the other have went through the vetting process 
And I uh, hope that wasn't too painful. No. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Oh. But just the opportunity to speak to the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, many of you know me and my family. Uh, we're usually over in this section. If you hear like little, you know, tractor sounds, that's my youngest driving his tractor across. So, um, yeah, Sadie and I have been here for a long time. Uh, we've served in lots of different capacities, um, focused a lot on our family over the last several years. So, um, so this is a big step for us to be considering, you know, kind of plugging back into, uh, you know, this, this level of investment. Um, so, yeah, so what I'm up here to do is, is give my testimony, um, which some of you probably know, um, some of you don't. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. I was, uh, my, my parents came to the Lord when I was like, before I was born, but when they were like in their late teens, right before they got married. So I was raised in a home that was pretty on fire for the Lord, which was, which was awesome. Um, at about age seven, you know, I remember I had been hearing the gospel in Sunday school, the old flannel graph, you know, some of you, some of you had that experience. Um, and, and around seven, I, I knew that I wanted to be on God's side. That was kind of my perspective of it. It was like, where well, you got God's side and you got the other side and I want to be on God's side, you know? Um, and, and I, I knew about the cross, I knew about forgiveness, but it took a long time for that to kind of, for, for me to understand what that meant, you know, that I was, um, really separated from God and really needed his death and, and, and his sacrifice to save me and make me right with him. So I was a good kid. I wasn't, I don't have that dramatic testimony thing, you know, um, that, that, that became the problem to be honest when in my, in my late teens, I, um, just slowly uh, started to make my faith about, and this is going to sound weird, and I, um, but but I started to make my faith about obedience. Um, and so I was I was a good kid. I had the record, you know. I didn't do all the stuff my friends were doing, you know. I had the record, and I and I slowly started to um, think of myself a little bit better, you know, a little bit more. Um, started to look down on other people a little bit. Um, that went into my early 20s. Um, I, I started getting more and more politically active, which kind of fed into that, right? You got the bad people and the good people, and I'm on the good side, right? Um, and I experienced something in my early 20s that I'd never experienced in my life before, and that was the presence of God and his protection being removed from me. Um, and it was, it was something I didn't realize was there. Because I thought it was me, you know, keeping myself pure and doing all the right things and didn't realize that God's hand of protection was on my life this whole time. Um, and I started struggling with my faith. What's wrong? You know, <laughs> what's different? Um, and slowly it started to dawn on me that the core of my faith is not obedience. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, so I started getting back into his word. I started spending time with him again. I started experiencing his presence again. Um, and so that, that doesn't sound dramatic, um, but I think that's as dramatic as it gets. Um, I think that, you know, I'm so grateful for God, you know, using that moment and sort of giving me a little taste of what it felt like to be without him because it led me back to him. I could have stayed in that state for a long time, you know. And he, he chose to, to pull me back um, and, and to grow in relationship with him again. So um, that's where I've been, slowly growing since then. Um, and, and I feel like the, the thing that uh, has, has become central to my faith since then 
is just the gospel. Just realizing that's not the start of my faith and then I kind of move on to deeper things. That is the core of my faith, just that daily reliance on, on Christ's sacrifice, on his love for me, on his care for me. Um, and, and through that, um, finding the power of the Spirit flowing into my life and transforming me. So that's my mm -hmm. testimony. Oh, I got to hold on. Aaron, is it okay if we just close in prayer? Yeah. Would you close us in prayer? Sure. Yeah. Oh, Lord God, um, this time with you has been precious. Um, Lord, I pray that you would draw us to prayer this week. I pray mm -hmm. that when we get down on our knees, we would sense that we are speaking to you, the living God. The one who created everything we see, the one who is outside of and before time. The one who could make us disappear with a word. Um, the one who could have started over <laughs> and eliminated us, but chose to give us grace and chose to slowly, patiently train us up, Lord God. I pray that your presence would be um, with us in our prayers and that our prayers would take on a new depth a new sincerity, um, and that we would sense a new closeness with you this week that we have not sensed before. Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great week, everyone.